Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Today on Drawing Near, Jesus finishes addressing the crowd concerning John the Baptist, and he does so with a rebuke. I encourage you to open your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 7 as we study the foolish response. In preparation for our study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, as always, we thank you for your word, your special revelation to us that speaks to us concerning who you are and what you desire to happen in your creation. We thank you, Father, for this revelation, and we ask you to help us to understand your words and your will. Give us clarity. Help us to distinguish truth from error. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The passage that we're looking at today, Luke chapter 7, verses 31 through 35, have caused some commentators and some interpreters some trouble over the years. There are different ways that people have interpreted this passage particularly the parable. In order to try to understand this text correctly, we need to have a little context. Messengers have come from John to inquire of Jesus if he is the one that they've been waiting for. Jesus responds to the messengers and sends them back. After John's messengers have left, Jesus addresses the crowd concerning John. What did you go out to see? A reed shaken by the wind? or someone dressed in fine clothing, and he's addressing their expectations. He's addressing what they really went out to do and what they really went out to see. Of course, they didn't go out to see a reed. Of course, they didn't go out to see someone dressed in fine apparel. They went out to see a prophet. They went out to hear the message of God. That's what drew them. Jesus says that among those born of women, none has arisen greater than John the Baptist. And yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is greater than he. Well, then in verse 29 and 30, we need to see this. This helps us. It says, when all the people and the tax collectors heard this, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with the baptism of John. So we have one response where the people, having been baptized, having repented and been baptized with the baptism of John, They acknowledged God's justice in their lives and in sending John. Verse 30 says, But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. So we have these two groups. In verse 31, in today's passage, Jesus says, To what then shall I compare the men of this generation, or what are they like? So as he begins to give this parable, He is comparing the men of this generation and explaining what they are like in this parable. So verse 32, the men of this generation, they are like children who sit in the marketplace and call to one another. Okay, so let's hear this. They are like children who sit in the marketplace and they're playing this game and they're calling to one another. The men of this generation are calling to the men of this generation. That's what we need to see. He is explaining what the men of this generation are like. Children sitting in a marketplace, calling out to one another. And they say, 
We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. The others seemed to respond, We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. In other words, when we played the flute, a wedding song, a celebration song, you didn't dance. And the people who are calling back because they're calling to one another, we sang a dirge, and you did not weep. That's the part that gives everyone trouble. Who are the children? Who do they represent? Etc. Jesus is talking about the men of this generation bickering with one another. We desire one thing to happen. You desire another. We desire to play a game of celebration. You want to play the funeral game. Now, that sounds silly to us. Who wants to play these kinds of games? But that's the illustration Jesus is using. Children in a marketplace playing a game. And they are saying, you won't play what we want, and we won't play what you want. That's what's going on. And then notice what he says in verses 33 and 34 as this starts to be fleshed out. He says, for John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Now, Jesus and John in this illustration represent some of what the children were doing. If you look at John the Baptist, he has come eating no bread and drinking no wine. In other words, he didn't come celebrating. He didn't come with the playing of the flute. Rather, he came soberly. He came eating no bread and drinking no wine, nothing festive, nothing that would associate him with those kinds of celebratory things. The response to John, well, he has a demon. The way he behaves, the way he acts, it doesn't fit in. He has a demon. They expected John to come one way, but he came another, and they rejected it. They wanted to play the flute, but John wouldn't dance. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking. He's come celebrating. He has visited with tax collectors and sinners. He has been open. He has received all. He's like those who do celebrate. And they said of him, behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. They rejected him too. John the Baptist came one way, appearing one way. Jesus came another way, and they rejected both. In other words, they couldn't be pleased. What are we talking about here? We're talking about children sitting in the marketplace, wanting people to dance to their tune, and no one will dance exactly to their tune. They wanted John the Baptist to come one way, he came another. They wanted the Son of Man to look one way, he looked another. And yet they rejected both of them. They whined and complained that God didn't do for them what they wanted God to do. That's critical here. God approached them with John the Baptist, God approached them with Jesus, and they rejected both of them. In fact, we can go as far as to say John came eating no bread and drinking no wine. They said he had a demon, and we know from earlier passages in Luke, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they said he had a demon too. They rejected both. Finally, in verse 35, we see this phrase. Jesus kind of sums it up. And it's a challenge for many as well. He says, yet wisdom is vindicated by all of her children. Wisdom has children. That's the idea here. Wisdom is vindicated by all of her wisdom's children. 
The children of wisdom are the people who do wisely and benefit from it. When we accept wisdom, there is outcome of wisdom in our lives. And wisdom, when you hear wisdom, is vindicated by the results in people's lives. The wise person hears John the Baptist and repents. And the wise person hears Jesus Christ and follows. One comes one way, one comes another, but that doesn't affect the wise person, the discerning person. Why? Because we hear the voice of God, we hear the wisdom of God, we see the wisdom of God, and we embrace it. The opposite is true. Those who reject wisdom, that rejection, that foolishness is going to be seen in their lives. And that's what was seen by the Pharisees and the lawyers who rejected God's purpose for themselves. They were going to reap the foolishness. They were going to reap condemnation, rejection by God, having rejected God's purpose for themselves. And so what we see in this passage is very simply Jesus comparing the men of this world with children who didn't get their way and could not be pleased. God reached out to them with John the Baptist, and they rejected him. And God reached out to them with the Messiah, and they rejected and crucified him. We need to be very, very careful in our own hearts and lives. We need to be discerning under the leadership of the Spirit to receive all of God's instruction, all of God's truth. We'd better be careful because we're unfamiliar with this or unfamiliar with that, that we would just reject it. We'd better be careful not to see things that we want to see and accept them rather than seeing wisdom and truth. We need to embrace the wisdom of God, the righteousness of God, so that the benefits, the children of that wisdom and righteousness, flow into and out of our lives. Jesus was condemning the men of this world. Jesus was condemning those who rejected the wisdom of God. And he was calling them children who could not be satisfied. We had better not be children, but mature, wise in our understanding. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage. Thank you for the challenging things in Scripture because those challenging things challenge us to dig deeper, to think deeper. Father, do we have any of those things in our hearts and lives that because they're not pleasing to our ears or pleasing to our eyes, they don't feel good to us that we simply reject without really looking deeply at whether or not they come from you? Protect us from that. Protect us from being people who want to have our ears tickled. Protect us from wanting to see simply those things that we desire to see. Seeing you in light of our own desires. In other words, making you into something that we want you to be instead of receiving you as you are. Give us wisdom in these things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God, and He will draw near to us.